The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, January 20th, 2021, season 16, episode number 94. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick here in studio with me. Dave and Amber are remote, and uh, we're going to talk some Cowboys football here for the next hour. We're going to talk a little bit about the offseason and what the Cowboys might want to do different this year than maybe they did last year facing some of the similar challenges that they had last year. We'll also get into some NFC East talk. There's one coach that's out. One coach for the Cowboys is maybe a candidate for that position. We'll talk about that a little bit. And as usual, we'll take some picks at the end of the show, and everybody will give their picks for the NFC and AFC championship games this weekend before we get to some fan questions. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Awesome, Derek. Good. Good. Wonderful. Good, good. Let's go. Let's get some energy here. Let's get this. I'm feeling really good. Ready to go. A lot to talk about. Feel great. Let's go. Thank you, Dave. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's jump right in. Uh, Let's start with a little conversation on the offseason. I was was actually looking around on the internet yesterday, and I saw this interesting quote from Damari Smith, who is the NFL uh, PA uh, executive director. Uh, He was on a call with agents, and this was reported by Tom Pelissero. He said that there's no rosy outlook on widespread vaccinations of players by August, and OTA's minicamps likely will be virtual again. Quote, we're planning for an offseason that looks a lot like the 2020 offseason. My question for you guys is, what would you change if you were Mike McCarthy? You're going into this offseason, there isn't um, necessarily an answer yet to this pandemic. There are things that may make you a little more optimistic. But all that being said, what would you change that you didn't do last year that you would do this year? Or things that you did last year that you wouldn't do this year? Let's start with you, Nick. Well, I I don't know. Like I it I think the you know, last year when you think about what happened, you know, when it started, I think everybody was just figuring, well, this is gonna change, this will get better once the season starts and then it never it never did. In fact it got worse a little bit as the season went on and, and they had different restrictions, uh, I think for about a two week period. So, you know, I mean they've learned it's hard for for me to answer that. I mean, they may have better answer, but it's hard for me to answer that. But I think that they know the things that were working for them and ways that you can kinda get around some of the rules and some of the guidelines on how you can get on the field. I mean, they've got to figure out a way to get on the field. The coaches have got to get on the field. Um and I think that's just personally. I think that you have to say that if you're D. Murray Smith. I mean, you have to say it doesn't look rosy, and we're planning on an offseason that looks like it. You have to plan that way because you've been burned before. Um, personally, I don't think it'll be that way, but I think you don't ha- think the offseason will be. That I don't think. No, I, th- I think they'll be on the field more. I think they they figured things out and how to do things distant, you know, distance wise and all that. So uh, I think it's fine to plan that way, but I do think that you know. I would imagine they'll get on the field, and I think that's the biggest thing is getting on the field. Amber. Yeah, I I think 
they would be on the field as well, especially after you being able to go through a whole NFL season and if they keep the whole testing going and just taking the same kind of measure, I would imagine that you can get everyone together and practice how you be, how you were practicing during the regular season. Now, if that wasn't the case and they go with an offseason similar to last year, I was thinking about this question, Derek, and I really don't have a, an answer because... Even last year, I mean, you would listen to Mike McCarthy, you would listen to the coaches and hear them say how great it was going, how everything was working so well and they got a great off-season virtual program and everything was great. So in your mind, you're like, okay, it sounds like they're good. And then once they got on the field, it was a total mess. So I really don't have an answer. I would hope that they were able to learn from their mistakes and take away some of the things that did maybe work for them and try to apply new things. Now, I, I am very curious to know what's going to happen with all these new coaches. I mean, you go through a year where you had new coaches, you go through all that, then you end the season, start a new year, and now you're having to make coaching changes again. So I'm curious to see how that all applies and maybe different ways that Mike McCarthy decides to do things this year. Dave. Sorry if I sound like a broken record, but... I said this last week. This is, I mean, they already did the big thing. They hired Dan Quinn. Like, I legitimately believe, and and I don't mean that to sound like disrespect to Dan Quinn, like he's not a good coach. He deserves to be hired regardless, but I think the big appeal of making that hire is because it helps them get through another weird offseason if that's what it comes to. If you can't get on the field that much, if the offseason program is you know, if it's virtual or if it's shortened or whatever, this is a scheme that the bedrock players of your defense already know how to run. Most of them should feel comfortable in it. And everything we know about it is that it's a little bit more simplistic than what Mike Nolan was trying to install here. And I mean, of course, there's other lessons to learn. You know, the, the, I mean, the offense, you know, not like they don't have to work, but obviously everybody's a lot less worried about that than the defense. And, and I really think that's why Dan Quinn was hired, is that should make it easier for them to handle this if, if we do have to deal with another you know, pandemic offseason. Yeah, it's interesting. J.C. Tretter, who is the NFLPA president, um, he went on to say, and this wasn't at the same time, he actually made the quote earlier before Demari Smith, and he said that he advocates ending the offseason conditioning program altogether. His quote was, there's no reason for us to ever return to the previous offseason program. Uh, because he feels like that they have figured out a way to be able to to play good football without having the offseason program as it used to be. Do you agree with that, Nick? Let's start with you. A hundred percent disagree. I think it's selfish for him to say that, um, and I think it's short-sighted. Um, he's a he's a guy that's played four years as a starter. He's a starting center, and and you know what kind of I mean, yeah, those guys need conditioning and all that, but. What about what about the rookies? What about those players? What tell me Reggie Robinson didn't need an offseason. Mm. I mean, he didn't need a preseason. He didn't need to, to get in the weights and stuff like that. I mean, I just think, you know, I think it's and I hate that when some of these players, these the, the guys the guys that speak for the NFLPA, those are the representatives. Those are the good players, those are the veteran players. Those are the ones that think, "Oh, we don't need preseason games." Well, no, you don't. Because you're on the team. You don't have to prove it to everyone. Russell Wilson's going out saying that. Well, no, he doesn't want to get hit. I don't blame him. But 
there's guys that need preseason games. They need offseason. They need the strength program. Uh, there's coaches that need to, to be on the field to teach their stuff. I just think it's a very short-sighted thing for him to say that. Amber. I don't know. Never met him. He's probably a good guy. but <laughs> No, I, I get your point, Amber. <laughs> No, I absolutely agree. Uh, the only thing I would add to that is the whole injury aspect of things is another thing that you have to look at. I mean, this season yeah. we saw a crap ton of injuries <laughs> go on, not just with the Cowboys, but all around the NFL. So, again, I don't know if it's due to that, but that that might be a big reason as to why we saw so many injuries and not just young guys, veteran guys, that you need them to go out there, even if they think, oh, we're veterans, we know how to handle it. Well, clearly not because it didn't go down that way and a lot of really good players ended up getting hurt and being out for the season. So that's another way to look at it. So I absolutely disagree with what he said. Yeah, you know what, real quick, Dave, I, I was I forgot about the injury part and I was but I wasn't gonna say crap ton. So yeah. I'm glad I I didn't mention that. Amber put it in a better yeah, way. I mean yeah. yeah, but she is right. I mean yeah. it wasn't yeah. good football. Yeah. Dave. I sympathize with the point that he's trying to make. And, and you know, in today's NFL, these guys work 10, 11 months out of the year. Like the vast majority, the good NFL players, the ones that stick in the league for a long time, they're back at work by Valentine's Day. You know, it's not like these guys are just twiddling their thumbs all throughout the offseason. But at the same time, uh, I mean, I, I do think, and not just the Cowboys. Obviously, the Cowboys didn't handle it as well as a lot of other teams, but... Yeah, I think I think you saw the side effect of not having those practices in the spring. I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot because it's not full contact, but like in terms of installing and getting people comfortable with what you're trying to do. I mean, you think about it. There's there's nine OTAs, I believe, and then th- and like three or four mini camp practices. So twelve to fifteen practices. I mean, that's half of training camp when you think about it. Like if you take out off days and things like that, I mean, that is not an insignificant amount of work. And yeah, I mean, it's significant for rookies. It's significant for undrafted guys trying to make the team, new players trying to learn the scheme or if you have a new coaching staff. So no, I I don't agree with him at all, really. But I, I mean, I do sympathize that yeah, some of these veteran players deserve a little bit more of a break, but you know they are well compensated for their efforts, so it's hard to feel that bad for them. And that, to me, becomes a coaching issue. I think coaches have to realize their veteran guys may not need the same work that the younger guys do mm-hmm. and figure out ways. And we saw this happen with Jason Garrett quite a bit. He would give his veteran day, veterans veteran days during training yeah. camp when they didn't work with the rest of the team in some of those drills. So I think that's up to the coach to figure that part out and, and figure out the balance. Every player doesn't need the same things. But you guys are right. They're, these young guys, they need this. Like yeah. it, it is absolutely essential in their development for a lot of them uh, to be able to make it in the league, let alone to be able to reach their full potential, right? Yeah, and maybe, maybe you know, as, as Dave said, I mean, you know the um, they do have a lot of OTAs and they have mini camps. I mean, maybe there's a there's a middle balance there. Maybe there's two rookie mini camps instead of just one. And then you know we're because that helps them. Those those rookie you know mini camps. I mean, somebody has to be the quarterback for that. Somebody has to be the running back. And it may just be a guy that's not going to be on the team or or you know have a hard you know not going to play a lot of snaps, but he's going to get a lot of reps. And so uh, maybe maybe the, there's a way to kind of mix it up. But just to say. Just to say we figured it out this year, I, I don't agree with that. 
Go ask fantasy owners if it got yeah. figured out. <laughs> Just go look at the top ten of the fir- of your first round fantasy draft. Half of the players didn't play; they got hurt. I mean, it was it was a bad year from an injury standpoint. So I don't think it was figured out. Yeah, Dave, you actually mentioned some of the other teams around the NFL. My question for you guys: uh, Did the Cowboys just get it wrong? Where others, let's give an example of Cleveland, who had first time head coaches or first year head coaches, found a way a way to do it well. Or is it just too much of a disadvantage for new coaches if you didn't have an offseason? Let's start with you, Amber. I mean, it's never easy when you're not able to have an offseason, especially when you're trying to get so many new elements put together and make it work as a whole. So, But I can only speak from the outside and, and listening to some of the things that I heard from the coaches and Mike McCarthy. I mean... I feel like they maybe got a little too overly confident in what they got. I mean, I, I don't really know what their whole assessment on things were. I mean, we talk about a lot of these free agency guys, free agent guys that didn't end up making the team and they ended up getting cut. So I think like right off the bat, I don't think that they were really all aligned. So it didn't necessarily work in their advantage to be away. But then at the same time, and I'm here contradicting myself. It's like at the same time, we have so much technology that there should not be such a bad communication between. And like you should be able to communicate better and get things more right. And you see other teams, they made it work. So why couldn't the Cowboys have done a better job right off the bat? So I don't know. That's a tough question. But I think that, yes, it doesn't help you. But at the same time, it shouldn't have gone that way. They shouldn't not have had such a bad season. They should have done a better job in general. Dave. I I mean, I I said this throughout the season. Of course, of course, it's trying. Of course, they're tough circumstances and and they deserve a little bit of grace for that. But I mean, look around. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are one example. But how about, you know, uh, hey, check out the NFC East. A first year coach won the division with a lot of the same problems. Like how many quarterbacks did Ron Rivera have to use up in Washington this year Four. he had his I think he had his fourth quarterback playing in the playoffs and they gave Tom Brady everything he could handle in a playoff game. So, no, I'm not trying to hear that. The Carolina Panthers had a worse record than the Cowboys and arguably played better football. They had a they had a better point differential. They took the Kansas City Chiefs to the brink. They took the Saints to the brink this season. They played tough against the Packers. Like they were in games against the NFL's elite throughout the season. I don't think you can say that about the Cowboys, except for maybe that game against the Steelers. Um, so yeah, it, I mean it's a crappy circumstance, and I sympathize, but it's not an excuse that I'm interested in hearing at all. Nick. Um. I, I, I just think I've, that was kind of funny just to hear that Washington, Washington and the Panthers as the as the examples. I mean, they they weren't good either. I mean, like it was just a bad year. I mean, I think I think Cleveland, I think Cleveland had. I mean, their guy their guy did a nice job, but I mean, they were able to do what they want to do, and that and that's the that's the biggest thing. I mean, off season or not, I mean the Cowboys the Cowboys season went the way it did because they weren't able to do what they want to do. What do you mean by that? They, they didn't, I mean, they want to run the football and they want, they, they, they want to run the football with a, with an experienced offensive line. And then they've got a quarterback that can, that can throw, throw it around. He's got all these weapons. Now they weren't able to do that. And, and that matters. 
You find out right now if Patrick Mahomes isn't going to play, are you going to pick the Chiefs or the Bills? Because <laughs> we'll get to that in the final well, segment. I, well, I mean, yeah. but you don't have to. I mean, yeah. if, if he's not playing, you're probably not picking the Chiefs. That's that's my point. Is that I mean, you lose your quarterback, it, it affects everything. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can really grade how they did or not. They lost that's three. Not a, that's not a good excuse. It's a great. It's not a. You're right. It's not a good excuse. No, no. You're right. It's not a Losing good excuse. A quarterback, I mean, it, it's not yeah. a good excuse. You're right. It's not an excuse. It's a fact. It's not an excuse. It is a fact. They lost the best thing that they did. That they did. Who who else can do? Who else can you say that about? Not I mean, Washington. Yeah, but, but that Washington was the, is a bad team that may do without their quarterbacks. That yeah, but here's, kind of but here's the deal. That's not my here's point, Dave. And Dave. I think I think the point that, that that you just made with that is, let's say for example they lost two of those defensive linemen. Now what is Washington? Because that's what Nick's saying. Nick's yes. saying they lost the best of what they did. The best of what Washington did, does is on defense, particularly defensive line, not their quarterback. So losing their quarterback wasn't as big of a, a, a detriment for them as it would have been for the Cowboys, right? That's what, I mean, you're right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and, and you can argue okay. the Saints. I mean, I don't, know. I don't know what the Saints are. I don't know. I don't know what they do as the best. I don't – you know, I mean – they, they, their coach is, is is outstanding. He really is an outstanding coach. There's no doubt about it. I mean, so they're a hard team to, to figure out to say. Well, they lost. I mean, they lost a ton of injuries. He should be coach of the year, in my opinion. He won't win it, Sean Payton, but he should be. But I'm just saying, it, it it's not. I mean, it's not an excuse. It's just that's that's the way that that it is. So then it's hard. It's hard to gauge what this team really was. They played five games this year before Dak got hurt. They lost three teams. That all went to the playoffs. Two of them won games. It's hard to gauge what this team really would have would have been. I don't know. Yeah, and quite frankly, I, and but I you see, know, go ahead, Amber. I was just gonna say it. Just I'm not gonna say pisses me off, but it just bothers me when I hear that because when you talk about quarterback, yes, it's unfortunate. Okay, you got to get over it. It happens in the NFL, and it's out of your control. But then it's how you react to that challenge. What do you do from then? And we got to see down the line that the Cowboys they could have they are they were capable of still moving the offense and having those guys even with the O-line men that they lost they were still able to piece it together and do some things in there I mean you talk about Andy Dalton you had a great quarterback as a backup he may not be a great starter in the NFL in general but he was you probably had one of the best backups uh, quarterbacks that you could have had so it's like that. I just, I just think that the problem there is that the Cowboys were unable to adjust to the challenges that they were faced with. And one of those things is, for example, the tackle position that we all talked about right off the bat at the beginning of the season. So little things like that that they could have done that we didn't get to see earlier on or in the middle of the season, but we had to wait all the way until the end. So that's where, where, that's how I look at it. Yes, it sucked. You, do, you lost Dak Prescott. You weren't able to run the ball successfully with Ezekiel Elliott. But at the same time, you had tools. You had tools that you could have used to get him better, and you didn't. You didn't know how to use those tools. What tools? What tools? I also can't, I can't, I, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead, Nick. I'll just say what tool. I mean, what were the tools? What's the tool? Well, Andy Dalton, actually, I think that, she's getting. I think she's that, saying Andy Dalton oh. as as a backup quarterback. You were in a better position oh. than most teams would oh, be if you have to use your quarterback. Gotcha. You have a bunch of other guys on there. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. No, Go I ahead. just well, I'm I'm with you, Ag, because I can't help but be tickled by the irony 
that and I agree the Cowboys lost the best thing that they do they lost Dak Prescott Dak Prescott hasn't been paid in two years like he's been eligible for two off seasons and doesn't have a deal the Cowboys paid a running back a receiver and a linebacker before they paid him so did they think he was the best thing that they do the stats or you know the financial uh you know the the allocation of funds indicates not so with Andy Dalton being supposedly one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league all this wide receiver talent I and and obviously Ezekiel Elliott he's been called the straw that stirs the drink I mean I think they should have been able to win this bad division with what they had, even without Dak. Yeah. And they didn't. And they got swept in lopsided fashion by Washington instead. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the point I was going to make, is I think when it comes down to it, the way I look at it is I, I think the biggest problem for this team, and it, this was even happening when Dak was here, was the fact that they just the defense was giving up way, as, as Amber says, a crap ton of points. Like, they were just giving up way too many points. And I don't think that necessarily was going to – I mean, it was going to be exactly the same. It was going to continue to be the same whether Dak was here or not here. And I think that would have been more of an Achilles heel to them than losing Dak. I remember back during during the offseason when they signed Andy Dalton, my first thought was this protects them from the worst thing that most teams will face in a season, which is the prospect of losing your starting quarterback. Andy Dalton is good enough with whatever else they got on this team to give them a similar result, maybe not the same result, but a similar result, to what Dak can give him. He could have won this division, I think. The problem for me, and I've been saying this again all season, is it was more about the tackles, in my opinion, than it was even the quarterback. Because the fact that you couldn't run the ball effectively, if you would have had Andy Dalton and you had those two tackles out there, hell, just give me one of those tackles with Andy Dalton. I think this team wins this division. I think that's way more of a problem than losing Andy, than, than losing Dak Prescott because the defense was going to be the defense. You were going to have to run the ball. And you were going to need a quarterback right. that could just steady everything, which is what I think Andy Dalton did. Right. That's one point. That's the best thing that they do is that they they, they have an offensive line and they have a quarterback. And they lost th- their three guys. I mean, nobody's talking about drafting a tackle in the, in the top ten, are they? I, I wouldn't be yeah, against it if he's are. the best guy there. Who's Who? <laughs> I'm saying I would. We're going to draft be, a tackle. I would not no. be against it if you I, had if he was the best player available at that position at that point in the draft. Uh-huh. I have no problems with doing that because, I, quite frankly, I don't see how you can look at this team and feel like well, our tackle spots are good. Like I don't, I don't feel like the tackle spots are good. I, I feel like coming off surgery and and for particularly for Tyron, this has been year after year after year with these injuries. I, you give me a tackle. I'll find a way to use him for now, and I certainly will find a, a way to use him for later. I would say a tackle is probably the second most popular mock pick among the mock options behind you know Patrick Sertan probably. Right now, obviously, that's going to change, but yeah. All right, well, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our first break. When we come back from this break, we're going to jump into a different conversation, talk a little bit about this NFC East and Doug Peterson in, in uh, Philadelphia. He's out. I want to get some reaction from you guys and also talk a little bit about Kellen Moore and, uh, and him interviewing for that Philadelphia job. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. 
Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of over 30 restaurants at the Star District. For more information on delivery, takeout, curbside, pickup, and dine-in options, visit thestardistrict.com. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by GEICO. Let's talk a little NFC East. Uh, what was this? I think it was early last week or maybe even the week before that. Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, was uh, fired. And I'm interested to know, what was your initial reaction when you first heard of his firing? This is a guy that three years ago won a Super Bowl in Philly, their first Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era. Um, and then he's three years out, he's removed as the head coach. Dave, let's start with you. What, what was your first reaction when you heard? I thought it was completely insane. Uh, not only did he win the Super Bowl, I mean, they've made it to the playoffs three of the five years that he was the coach. And one of those years was his first year, so really – 2020 was really the first time that you could say that he fell short of what the expectations were. On top of that, you know, this ain't this ain't like a franchise that is in the Super Bowl all the time. It's the first ever Super Bowl in Eagles history. Uh, you know, he's going to be in their ring of honor. They built a statue of him already. So to fire him after one bad season, I thought was pretty crazy. Uh, and then, I, I mean, the, the more I thought about it, I was like, to me, I don't have any inside information into Philly, but it just makes me think that his relationship with Carson Wentz must be absolutely awful at this point. And uh, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie decided that salvaging the court, you know, getting rid of the head coach to salvage the quarterback is easier than trying to offload a $130 million quarterback. That's, that's the only thing I can think of that makes sense. Amber. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't have much to say. It was pretty, it, it did surprise me. But, I mean, based on some of the things that I've read and heard, it's like to the point, I mean, just like Dave was saying, that relationship right there with Carson Wentz, from what I heard, they were to the point where they weren't even speaking to each other. So, must have been pretty bad. I don't really know the situation. But, and also, don't know um, the mentality of the GM as far as, his decision on that last game of the season and them just kind of doing that move of taking out the quarterback and just kind of 
mailed it in, or however the American saying goes <laughs> with that whole thing. Um, so it, it, at the end of the day, I can care less. I really don't care what the Eagles do. I do care what we're about to talk next when they start messing with our side and picking in and trying to get people from our team, that's a big problem, which we'll talk about in a little bit. All right. But as far as him and all that, don't care. Whatever do whatever they do, don't mm-hmm. care. Nick? Yeah, I mean, if that's the answer, I mean, I, I'll take that answer, too. I don't care either. But if we have to answer it, I, I'm surprised. Um, you know, <laughs> the guy fell on the sword for you. And then you go and do that. I mean, he embarrassed himself because of this. I mean, there was some kind of miscommunication going on. Why? Why wasn't this to- talked about earlier? And, and it gets to the end of the se- end of the game, and then they, you know, he, Coach Peterson embarrassed it himself by making that move. That obviously You're talking about changing out the quarterback. Yes, Got, that, okay. that was an organizational move so they could get a better draft pick, a draft pick that he doesn't not even a, a part of. I mean, so do you think? Do you think? Are you saying you think Jeffrey Lurie was not being truthful when he said that he didn't tell him to do that? I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, again, I I barely know what's going on with this team. I really, I really do. I, <laughs> I, I, you give yourself. You should give yourself a little more credit. Then. I, but seriously, I I don't though. I I, I we don't know all the, what's going on with this team. So with that team, I don't know. I thought it was kind of classless, but who's surprised? You know, when it, <laughs> you know I mean, seriously, who's surprised about that? So uh, hey, it is it is what it is. Nice statue though. I mean. It's a little awkward, but I mean, he will forever Kinda. be in their history. I guess that's the point. He'll forever be in their history. Mm-hmm. And, and as we know, with all these things, like they all have a way of working themselves out long term. Yeah. And, and the guy will still be coming back when his career is done. He'll be coming back and waving at the crowd and saying, thank you so much. And they'll love him forever. Like it, that's just the way it goes in sports. You break up to, to make up. Right. All right. So here's the question. Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore and, and Amber, you mentioned this. Kellen Moore interviewed for uh, the Philadelphia head coaching job. Amber, it was interesting the tweet you put out that, you know, you took a little umbrage to them <laughs> messing with our guy, as you put it. Um, but here's my question. How long do you think Dallas is going to be able to hold on to Kellen Moore? Because he was a guy that was rumored for the head coaching job in, uh, in Boise. He's now had an interview as a head coach in Philadelphia. What we see around the league right now is there are a lot of teams out there that are opting for the young I would call them unproven head coaches, the guys that are this is their first opportunity, but they're the young, bright minds in the game, offense or defense. He seems to fit that mold. He's had this offense, I think, playing pretty well in the time that he's been the offensive coordinator. How long do you think Dallas can hold on to him? Amber, let's start with you. Well, we first got to see what happens here with Philly and what kind of decision they make and Kellen Moore makes. Um, Clearly, he's been a popular guy. He's getting the attention of many, many people around the NFL and even uh, college football. But it, it's going to be it's, – it's a tough one because as I, if I was in Kelly Moore's position, I would uh, – who doesn't want a head coaching job? So, yes, that is the next step that most people would head towards. But, you know, when I heard the news, and especially yesterday, I'm like, okay, now he's going out there. If Kellen Moore accepts this job, that is like a freaking stab in the back. That is called treason <laughs> in my books. That's betrayal. That is a stab in the back, a stab in the heart, and I would be absolutely disappointed, even though, obviously, I understand and, and get it. I, that is the next step, and you would want to do that. But 
it does, you know, you know, God, you know me. I like to read into things a little bit more. And it makes me feel that, okay, if you take this job, does that mean that maybe you don't feel as confident with the team that the Cowboys currently have? Because we keep talking about how close they can become a contender to get to a Super Bowl. So if you're over here, okay, maybe we can get to a Super Bowl as an OC, or maybe I just go to a crappy team that wears green and it's called the Eagles and become a head coach over there. So what option? If he goes that way, I'm going to feel a lot worse about our position and what we currently have as a team because if you really think that you have a great offense and you're just a step away from getting there, why would you want to leave? I mean, you would want to make a run to the to get to the Super Bowl. So Because you get to be the head coach. I, I, it, huh? Because you get to be the head coach, right? Isn't that the answer? Like, if he did, if he's offered the job and he takes it, he, he gets to – there's only 30 – as Brian, Brian Brodsky always say, there's only 32 of these positions in the world, right? You, there's only 32 head – football coach positions in football in the world and if you get an opportunity to take one of them that's better than being an offensive coordinator sure there's only 32 of those but the head coach is the head coach that that's the reason why he goes right if he goes no, absolutely absolutely no and i agree i agree absolutely 100 percent. but i'm just saying like right now for this upcoming year and like how you feel with the cowboys currently and the players that you may have and all that stuff i mean People talk about all the time about wearing that ring. And you mentioned Brian Broaddus. He loves wearing his little Super Bowl <laughs> ring and showing it off. So it seems that people care a lot about that ring. So I don't know. This, you guys can keep answering and talking about this subject. But I don't like it. I hate it. I don't think uh, that Kellen Moore will live out his whole contract here with the Cowboys. Because if it's not with the Eagles, I'm pretty sure that another position and opportunity is going to pop up in the near future, and he might go for it. All right, Nick. Well, I mean, the average offensive coordinator salary is about a million dollars. The average NFL head coach salary is about $6.5 million. Oh, that's so, 6.5 I mean, reasons. Right, so if you're looking yeah. for reasons of why you would want to do that, I mean, that would be <laughs> one of them right there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, what am I missing here I mean, about him? I mean, I don't know. I don't see the infatuation. You don't? No, I don't. I, I'm sorry. You don't think this offense, <laughs> don't. Don't think this offense functions really well. Since, like, I think he has done a really good job with this offense. And as we talked about, for them to, by the end of this season, the offense could have been like really, really bad. It was not. The offense was still a decent offense, and yeah. that's without two tackles and a quarterback. Like, I mean, that, that was your point is like, without those guys, yeah. like, how were they able to do anything? And they were actually a functioning offense I, I don't I'll go back to last year then I just yeah. I mean the stats were great but when they needed to go win games they didn't you know when they need I mean the two games they lost a year ago the, the Eagles and the Patriots they didn't score a touchdown I mean I just I, I don't know I think there's flaws in the offense he's a young guy he's gonna get better but I just I mean I think Jerry's gonna sleep fine if he goes to another team Who, who's behind me here the boss. Oh, okay, the boss. Okay, <laughs> the boss is sorry. Behind. I'm like, what, what are we? Yeah, you know, what are you staring at? I'm like, I know, oh, okay, right? Jerry Jones. No, oh, Jerry Jones Jr. Cool. Yeah, Dave, you're up. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad Nick said that first part because I mean, yeah, if you offer to quintuple my salary and let me call the shots, <laughs> I'll go wherever you want me to go. I mean, that's I mean, and and there's only 32 of these jobs in the world, and I think you know, I 
I honestly was happy to hear that Kellen's taking the interview, not because I want him to leave, but because I think that that's useful experience for anybody to have. And he's probably going to want that in his back pocket. Um, Do I think he will leave? No. And Amber's point is exactly why, because, you know, and, and, you know, if, if Kellen Moore wasn't confident in himself or wasn't a good coach, and I think that he is, he would probably be like, holy crap, this might be my only chance to do this. I better go. I better take this NFL job, even though it's not ideal. But instead, Kellen Moore is smart and he's a good coach and he can say, maybe I should stick around here for another year and let Dak and these tackles come back and add some more talent in the draft. And we were number one in overall offense when we had everybody healthy. We can do it again. And if we get this thing cranking for 16 games, now that people already know who I am, I'm going to have way better options Mm -hmm. next year. Uh, Especially, you know, especially, I'm not saying they will, but hopefully if the Cowboys have some playoff success to go along with that, you know, top five offense, playing in the playoffs, those are the guys that get jobs. Look around at who's getting hired and who's getting interviews right now. So I think Kellen is smart enough and patient enough to see the long-term picture, which is why I can't imagine him sticking around here for more than maybe two more seasons. And, of course, we would be remiss if we did not note the Jason Garrett parallel, which is to say – Clearly, the Joneses think highly of Kellen Moore. They paid him handsomely not to take the Boise State job. They definitely, I don't think, want him to go to Philly. Uh, and if Mike McCarthy continues to struggle, maybe they'll be the ones that want to try things <laughs> Here out. Here we with go. Hot shot, young coach. Mid season. You would have you would have to be crazy not to at least mention that. I'm Here not saying it'll happen. You would have to be crazy not to at least mention it. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think it's history a, has a way of repeating itself. It, it absolutely is a fair point, and and I think that I agree with you. I think the Jones family really likes him. I think I think they see value in him, and I think they see that same thing that other teams around the league are starting to kind of their antennas are going up. This guy may be that next coach that could be you know that really thinks about the game maybe a little bit different. We all know if you watch college football and you watch the NFL, you know. The NFL game is vast is quickly becoming the college game. Like you can just see by the way offenses are being run, by the guys that are coming from college into the pros, by some of the guys that are getting jobs in the pros. Like you see it coming. Yeah. And so when you look at that, then you can't help but look at Kellen Moore and say, like, he is a product of that. He is and he seems to be in the opportunities he's gotten so far, he seems to be doing quite well with them. So yeah, I could definitely see something like that, but I, I personally don't think it's gonna get to that. I think personally I think the Cowboys would be lucky if they keep him for one, more than one more year. I think with his pieces back, I think next year their offense is going to be right back back there among the top in the league. And if their team overall can figure out how to have some team success, that just elevates the the possibilities of what he could be. And I think he's going to be the, one of the hottest names out there as far as head coaching candidates next year. And because of that, I think it's going to be very hard for the Cowboys to hold on to him for more than more than two years for sure, but one year I think would even be a bit of a challenge. I think he's going to start getting a lot of a lot of looks from teams. I, don't, I really don't think he's going to even get the opportunity for this job. I mean, I, I, I don't, don't think, think I think they're going to offer it to him. Um, I, I don't. I, I think Philly's, not this job. The Philly no, job, not yeah. the Philly job. I think that they're you know they're interviewing everybody yeah. under the sun. Yeah, and, and I think they're. There, there's probably a little cat and mouse game going on with the fact that they're interviewing the Cowboys people. I, I, I that's what I believe, yeah. but I, I don't think he's going to get offered this job. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it, 
do it, do this again, and have a better year, and get maybe get in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna be out there. He probably, he probably will be. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take our final break. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little more NFC East. I'm gonna ask these guys about the quarterback situations among the teams that are in the NFC East. None of them seem to have a clear picture at the quarterback position, which we all agree is the most important position. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life now, and get an exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Membership started just $20. Join today at DallasCowboys.com slash United. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by GEICO, and uh, we're talking about the NFC East. And the, the thing that stands out to me most about this division, outside of the fact that they were really, really horrible this year, um, is the fact that it really... You could make the argument that New York Giants have a clear picture of who their quarterback's going to be. You could also make an argument maybe they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is no other team in the NFC East that has a clear picture of who their quarterback will be beyond this year. That includes Dallas, obviously, because we know the contract situation going on with Dak Prescott. My question for you guys is, who has the best quarterback situation right now? You've got the Cowboys dealing with Dak Prescott, who, if they franchise him this year... It, a lot of people feel like this isn't going to be his last year because he has the opportunity then to walk after mm-hmm. after this year. Uh, you got Daniel Jones in New York. You got Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts in in Philly, and then you've got Alex Smith and Kyle Allen, or maybe some other player that they want to go out and get uh, in Washington. Who has the best quarterback situation at this point? Let's start with you, Nick. Let me, let me clarify on this. From whose perspective? From the head coach's perspective about how his quarterback explain is? Explain to me the difference because I, I would think just in general, but if you if you have a nuance well, there, Well, I'm just I'm, – I'm like 
the best I don't know I would say Washington because because they you're not asked a lot of them because they they don't have to go win win a bunch of games they have to go and manage the game and play well and, and I think they'll draft somebody um, I, so maybe I'm not answering the question right um, because but I think it's a good way to look yeah, at it yeah I, I it just, is a good way to look at it. I, I think you don't need a quarterback. In, I don't. I think I don't think the quarterback position is now. If they get one, they draft one, or they maybe they sign one of these veterans or something like that, and then they add them to the team. Watch out! Yeah. It's even going to be scarier. They get over a good there. offense. It's going to be a problem. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, and, and they got a short window. I mean, they got to do it in two or three years because those those first round, and second round picks. I mean, those guys you can't sign them all, so they're yeah. going to go away. So yeah. you got to you got to do it like right. You're already going to lose probably one of them this year, this off season in uh, Kerrigan. You, Kerrigan's a free agent at this point, so I'm pretty sure Kerrigan's going yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, Dave, come on over here. <laughs> <Right>. I mean, <laughs> New York is in the envious position of you know they don't have to even worry about paying Daniel Jones until next year, and they can keep him under contract for three years. So at least they have you know that stability. But Daniel Jones isn't good. I'm ready to say that. Yeah, he's not a good player. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll make some sort of crazy jump. You know, people were down on Josh Allen, but Josh Allen showed more before this season than Daniel Jones has. The guy averaged six and a half yards per attempt, 11 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Like, no, you should be showing more than that by your second season starting in the league if you're, if you're legit. Um, it's the Cowboys because the Cowboys have the ability to retain the rights of – Arguably one of the five best quarterbacks in the league and definitely one of the ten best quarterbacks in the league. And nobody else can really say that in this division. Washington, I agree with you all. Washington is a quarterback away from being really, really scary. But I'm not sure what the path is to getting that quarterback. That's that's the problem with winning the division. You're Trade way down at 19th in the draft order. I mean, for Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Trade for Wentz. I, I guess. I mean, I'm not convinced no. Jalen Hurts is going to get you a better return on your investment. Maybe if, so. if you want to trade for trade for Matt Stafford or something. Maybe I don't know. I, but the point is, is that you got to do a lot of work or spend a lot of resources to yeah. get a quarterback if you're Washington. And I know Dallas does too. But again, he is a known commodity in my eyes, at least. So I think it's the Cowboys. What if Andy Dalton went there? That's an interesting one. I mean, you start looking around the league at quarterbacks that will be available. Mm. I think Andy Dalton is right. an, interesting, an interesting piece for a lot of teams around the NFL. What about the kid they had in yeah. the playoffs? Who, uh, I don't Heineken? know how to say his name. Yeah. Heineke? Whatever. Taylor Heineke? Yeah. Nah, that I got to see more than one game okay. before I... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. me too. I, I'd like to see more, but he was a... I think it tends to be like that sometimes when it's your first time. Nobody really has film on you. I didn't be interested to see what he is. If he had to do that in week five, he wasn't afraid of the moment. I'll give him that. You know, that's what I'd want to see. But you're right. In that game, he was fine. But you just said you were ready to trade for Jalen Hurts. I mean, isn't he kind of in the same boat? No, but exactly. In the first week, it was is not. It it was like you're like he probably played a little bit better. But I think over the course of the games that he played, I think he still showed you some good things, I thought. If I'm Philly, I feel like we're talking about the Eagles way too much. But if, if, if I'm Philly, I, I'm getting a, a, a coach that can come in here and fix Carson Wentz. I think he's a good quarterback. You I'd, think he's fixable? Yes. Okay. Just like 54 is fixable on the defensive <laughs> Stop side. Stop it. <laughs> Don't even go there. 
that, I think that's the same, though. Sorry, I know she's about to make a point there, but my, my point is is that defensive coordinators got to come in here and you got to figure out how you want to. If you're going to keep Jalen Smith, you got to figure out how to use him. I think Philly's going to have to figure out how to use uh, Carson Wentz. Amber, agreed. Um, I mean, mine is pretty simple. I, I like to look at the next year, not really long term. I like to focus in the next season, in the present, in the now. So if we're specifically talking about next year, I do think that um, Dallas is going to, the Cowboys are going to end up signing Dak, whether it's a long term or just tagging him again. I think he's going to stay here in Dallas for at least another year. And when you look at these quarterbacks, I do believe that Dak is 100% the best quarterback out of the bunch, especially I know we got a very small sample, but from what we got this past year, I was very impressed about his uprising, the way he had improved, and the way that he was playing. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do this upcoming year. So I think that when you look at this next season, specifically, uh, Dallas does have the best quarterback situation because I think one way or another, Dak is going to be here. Yeah, I, I think if, if Dallas is willing to pay the price for Dak, then they're in the best situation. However, if you're looking at it from a GM's perspective, I, I don't know if I feel like Dallas is in the best situation because I, I really feel like Dallas has, has lost a lot of its uh, whatever advantages it may have had, whatever leverage it may have had. I think right now the leverage is clearly on Dak's side, in my opinion, just because I feel like um, he knows that the least worst-case scenario he's going to make what in upper 30s this year and then after that he would be a free agent um and so there really is no downside for him either way so he he's not motivated to have to do a deal i think the cowboys look at this and they're like our option is either we're going to pay him and or we're going to go back to the well and try to find a quarterback and i don't i think that's a very daunting task we've talked about that since the beginning of the show we've been talking about how important the quarterback position is Having to go back to the well is not something I would ever have an appetite for if I were an NFL uh, GM. Even if I had the top pick in the draft, I'm not willing to go back to the well if I got a guy I think is good because you just that's a 50-50 proposition no matter where you select them in the draft. And so I, I think from that standpoint, most of the leverage is, is with Dak at this point. I don't know that it's an enviable position to be where Dallas is from a GM perspective. All right, we're going to also keep in mind, Derek, just real quick. And I was reminded of this because John Harbaugh did his exit press conference and was talking about how confident he is that the Ravens are going to lock up Lamar Jackson for the long term. Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen will all be eligible for extensions this Mm offseason. And that's just more contracts the Cowboys front office might have to compete with. So we've got Desha- Deshaun's deal was what forty million? Was it forty? Mm-hmm. And you had obviously Mahomes up there in fifty. Like that's in a whole different stratosphere. But you're right. If you start getting these other guys that are coming up and they start getting forty plus, that does it changes the negotiation a bit from Dak's standpoint, I would think. And and now what was just two years ago you know, thinking of whether you should do a 33, 34, 35 million dollar deal has now turned into 40 plus. Mm-hmm. It does. It changes the, it drastically changes how you look at it this, this negotiation if you're Dak and if you're the Cowboys. Well, and they also they have need to need to learn from the Deshaun Watson situation. And I don't know exactly what's going on over there, but, um, you know, it, it seems to me that he doesn't like the direction of, of the team, of how it's going, which I think is ludicrous because 
They just paid you $40 million. Of course, it's going to be tough to figure out what, what you're doing with everything else because they paid you $40 million. So I think Dak is – I think if they do I, sign – I think that's a simplification of what's happening there based on the things I've read. Well, I, I – it, it sounds more like his issue is not necessarily the direction as much as it is he was told, he was led to believe – that he would be a part of the decision making, and he was not a part of the decision making. So that's no different. What's part of the decision making? Well, making the decision? No, no. Or he he picked two players. Being consulted. Yeah. And, and I think he that was what he was led to believe. Now again, that's right. what this is all reporting. So yeah. we may not know the truth. What what the reporting says is he was led to believe by ownership that he would be consulted before decisions were made, yeah. and he was not. That's no different than you and I talking about something going on here at work, and I tell you, hey, Nick, I'm going to get your opinion before I do it, and then I just do it and don't tell you about it. Like, that probably piss you off, right? You do you do that, too. Sometimes. But I don't tell you I'm going to consult you. That's the difference. <laughs> okay. My, my point is, well, the Cowboys, we don't have to worry about that. The Cowboys aren't going to tell Dak that he's going to be in the – I would he, think he so. doesn't need to be, and they don't need to They don't need to mess with that. But I just – I think they need to figure this out, that if you're going to pay a guy 40 million plus you know there needs to be some talk about about moving forward so don't get upset when the wide receiver when Michael Gallup leaves and you don't sign this tackle and you have to play with a rookie and all this kind of stuff don't come back later and be like why aren't y'all signing guys right we we know why you know and there and there's not a coincidence when you look at Brady and and Rodgers two of the best quarterbacks to ever play and they're playing against each other this weekend they rank 13th and 14th in the average salary in the NFL my question is where were they ranked when they first did those deals because we know how Brady. that changes over time. Well, Brady did it last year. Right. Brady, Brady's yeah. different. And, and Brady's in the twilight of his right, He's not right. the same dude. Right. That's the thing. And, and yeah. they, that's why they're trying to chase championships here. But so. I'm guessing when Rodgers signed his deal, he was close to the top. I he was. Guess. Yeah. He was. So Dak Rogers was at the top. Yeah. Yeah. So it changes. It, it does. It changes, it changes quickly. But but I just think that, you know. Seems. Go ahead, Sorry, Amber. Finish? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Done. I was going to change subject, <laughs> sorry. Well, okay. it's still in the same topic, but uh, since we're talking about quarterbacks and we've been talking about Dak, uh, the most popular question that I've been receiving from fans is the whole question about his contract situation. And I, I think that there is a big expectation, or there was an expectation based on some uh, of all the things that we heard from like Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, talk, making so much emphasis on how much they want Dak to stay here and all that throughout the season. I think fans are surprised right now as to, okay, the season's over. Why is there no movement? Why is there no news? Why haven't we heard something? Why is there not a contract done at this point? And I know we haven't heard anything new, but wanted to pose that uh, that question to you guys as to maybe why. Why is that that we haven't actually heard any movement happening right now? Well, I don't. I'll say this: just because we haven't heard doesn't mean that there may not be. That doesn't mean that there is, but it, I don't think it necessarily means there hasn't been. We don't know what conversations have even been had before the official period where you can start talking. I mean, obviously, Dak's been at home for a while now, recovering from his injury. Um, you know, it, it, there obviously could have been conversations between the Cowboys and his representatives all along, and and they could. I mean, some of the things we heard last year before that deadline was that. They actually were talking the day of the deadline, and and there was some there was some movement, just not enough movement to get it done in, in the period of time that they had left. So, uh, look, it, here's the deal: there could be there could be movement, there could be differences of opinions at this point than where they were uh, last year. Um, I just don't know that we know that, and I don't know that just not hearing anything means that nothing has happened or nothing has changed. 
I mean, was he just trying to be cute with the tweet about holding my crutches? Because, I mean, that's funny. I get it. But are you really... Is he still on crutches? Because... I mean, we're about yeah, six. Yeah. He was on crutches at the at that at the bowl sorry, game, yeah, right? The bowl I didn't mean game, to cut you he was. Off. No, that was, but, what, that yeah. was about three weeks ago. Two yeah. weeks ago, yeah, like walking crutches yeah. or whatever. I mean, we're we're yeah. six to seven months away from him trying to run around from defensive linemen. I mean, are we? Are we? I mean, we got a rehab and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I, I say all that thinking maybe maybe they're trying to just see how he fully recovers before they really even start. Negotiating, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was a little surprised if he's still on crutches at this point. I thought, you know, he joked in that video we did have on him with Zeke. Remember, he was Zeke was mocking him, and he was like, "I don't need these crutches," you know. But I wouldn't think you'd still be on them. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he's doing fine. Everyone, I, everyone says he's doing fine. I think that's a good point. I keep, that's what I keep saying is, you know, they got to make sure he's got a clean bill of health and. The I mean maybe it's it's an answer people don't want to hear but there's there's not really any urgency right now there I mean they 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 can and likely will tag him and that doesn't mean he has to play on it it's just a placeholder that keeps him from hitting free agency it's in my experience and granted you know the Cowboys haven't done a ton of quarterback deals in the time that I've covered the team but this isn't a team that gets things done super duper ahead of time they like to do stuff on deadline they they do even the demarcus lawrence deal happened on the deadline of you know when he needed to have that surgery right so they can tag him in march and they don't have to do anything with him until july i don't know if they'll take it all the way to july i keep saying i think you got to have this deal in place if you're going to do it you got to have it in place before the draft but that gives you all the way until april and you know that's three or four more months that Dak can continue to recover and you can get a look at him and see how you feel about it so trust me i would love to have it done just so we don't have to talk about it but i just don't think there's any urgency right now yeah when i talked about leverage a little earlier and, and all the leverage being on Dak's side this is the one area where the cowboys do have some leverage because there is some risk here that's built in for Dak. let's assume and i i know Dak has supreme confidence right but the fact of the matter is, if he comes back from this injury and he's not, for whatever reason, doesn't look like the same guy, if he has shades of what we've seen with Wentz, just a little bit, then that puts doubt in, in other teams' minds if he were to enter free agency. And the amount of money he might be able to command right now, it may not be the amount of money he's able to command next year when he would be a free agent. And that might not be the amount of money that the Cowboys were willing to pay him in a deal right now. So. There's, there is some leverage for the Cowboys, and I think that's a part of kind of Dak having to figure out, like, where do I think I'm really going to be and how successful do I think I can be coming off the surgery? As you said, Nick, knowing that I'm going to go right into a season coming off of rehab, not necessarily coming yeah. off of preparing for the season, I'm coming off of rehab, and those are two completely different things. Yeah, well, Dave, Dave pointed out the fact that he could sign right now and be the number two rated quarterback or highest paid quarterback in the league. He could sign it right now, and by the time he takes his first snap, he could be fifth or sixth. Absolutely. So, I mean, it changes fast. changes yeah. a lot. True. All right, here's what we're going to do real quick before we end the show. I do want to get some picks here. Uh, the uh, NFC and AFC Championship games are this weekend. You've got Buffalo at Kansas City. You've got Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Uh, Nick, how are you going on these games? Super Bowl one. Green Bay and yeah. Kansas City. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, take the home teams. I've been terrible in these picks, by the way, if oh, yeah. you notice. Last week you were you were half and half. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, I've been half and half every time. I'm terrible in these Guess picks. Guess what? Picking games is about a 50% Ooh. 
school thing. No, that's what I do. <laughs> We're all at fifty percent. I mean, I mean, I think, I think if, if and a good thing Mahomes didn't have a concussion. Yeah. Didn't sound like he had a concussion really. So I think he comes back. I think he plays. I think they're unstoppable, and their coach has cojones that other coaches don't have. To me, he is the most underrated coach in NFL history. He's he's been so good when you look at his resume. What he did in Philadelphia. I know he never won the Super Bowl, but what he did in Philadelphia was well, that, really really that's, good. That is amazing. I know they're going to make their picks, but I mean, there's only one coach has ever hosted uh, the playoff. I mean, the NFC Championship yeah. three straight years, yep. and he's done it twice. He's Philly it twice. and the Chiefs. Yeah, Amber. Wow. Um, I, I, I'm with Nick on this one too, surprisingly, but, uh, yes, the Chiefs and then Tampa, good for you, you made it this far, an applause to you, Tom Brady, you're great, good for you, but Aaron Rodgers, let's shine some light on him, I want to see him, uh, in Green Bay in the Super Bowl and see how that does. All right, Dave. You know, I feel like usually... We're really lucky because I don't think you can go wrong this weekend. Like, all four teams are, you know, it's a great story. All four of them are fun to watch. I think the Super Bowl would be good no matter which two teams make it, honestly. where Like, that's not usually the case. Like, yeah. nobody wanted to see Tennessee in the Super Bowl last year. Or this year. Nobody, like, you know, there's there's all, yeah, true. There's always, there's usually a team that you're like, oh, not those guys. I don't want to see those guys. But uh, I'd be happy to see any of the four. Um, but I do. I mean, who doesn't want to see Mahomes versus Rodgers? Right. Who doesn't? I mean, that's I don't like Mahomes is he's incredible. And I, you know, I know people hate me for thinking this, but Aaron Rodgers has become like one of my three or four favorite football players ever. Like the throw he made the other day. Yeah, he was in his own end zone and freaking dodged like four guys and threw that ball on a rope like. They're just there's like maybe two or three guys in the world who could make that throw ever like not just right now but ever, and two of them are Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. So who <laughs> wouldn't want to see those two guys play in the Super Bowl? That would be, that would be awesome. So I got yeah I got Chiefs Packers. If the Bills make the Super Bowl in about a week and a half, we're, we're going to find out that the world's going to realize. Wait, Cole Beasley raps? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't a Good coincidence point. he put out that that single. Like last week or week before, yeah. like right as they were in the right. playoffs. Yeah. It, oh, it'll it'll be yeah. like this guy, get, yeah. Get that same love, like when you're with the Cowboys, you can put it out in week two and everybody's gonna know. It's a little different when you're in Buffalo, right? Yeah. But I will say this, and and Dave, I, I agree with you. I think any one of these four teams will be interesting. There are tons of storylines with all four of them if they were to make the Super Bowl. I actually think there's gonna be an upset this week. I actually think Buffalo is gonna beat Kansas City. Um, I think Buffalo is going to end up in the Super Bowl. Mm. They have been playing some really good football. And offensively, talk about a quarterback that can just do some amazing things. I know Pat Mahomes obviously can and Aaron Rodgers obviously can. But what uh, but what Josh Allen is doing – Josh Allen? Mm-hmm. I get Josh yeah. Allen. I get all those Allens mixed up. Anyway, <laughs> yes. what, what Josh Allen is doing right now, and if you watch the way he plays, like literally the guy will just flick his, his wrist, and the wrist and the ball will go 50 yards down the field. He is an amazing – I think young quarterback in this league and and the way they're playing right now I just have that feeling like you know sometimes teams get on these roles and it's just kind of part of their story like they're gonna win I just kind of think that's gonna happen this year and I I think that you're gonna end up seeing Buffalo and Green Bay in the Super Bowl and we'll get to that pick next week nah, you, we you have to know the quarterback's name if he's gonna beat Patrick Mahomes okay and you, you, you didn't even know his name yet. no the, the <laughs> Allens they all get me confused it's, there's so many Allens like I know. it gets me confused but anyway no I, I, I don't want to see a home team I don't want to see a home team in the Super Bowl play, though right 
Yeah, he's true. playing. The, the thing about it is, if it were a knee, I'd be like, yeah, he's playing. It's it's a head injury, it's a neck. and with head injuries, then yeah. you know, you just it just it, that's not up to him. So we'll see. Anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys, gentlemen. We'll be back play. next week. We'll have uh, more talk on the Cowboys. We'll also talk a little bit about the NFL. NFL. We'll do that when, uh, next week, next Wednesday, our normal time, 1130 a.m. Central for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia. I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break. Live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!